Good morning, West Bulls. It's good to see all of you here. I love Mother's Day because everyone looks so pretty, and it's just such an amazing day. Well, Nathan asked me to speak today. We've been going through um, 2 Corinthians, and today we'll be in chapter 4. We've been talking about staying power. Now, so far, the examples of staying power that we've been given are a surfer in the waves, not letting the waves take him down, or a boat being tossed. How about a duck in the waves with a tiger coming after him? That's, that's kind of my analogy. That, to me, says staying power. Well, today I'm going to be going through... Um, Several points. The first thing is we're going to be talking about staying power. What does it look like to have staying power? The second, how do we have staying power? Third, why does God want us to all have staying power? Fourth, what gives us staying power? And last, the result of staying power. So please pray for me. Uh, It's just a hard day for some people. Um, And I just wanted to acknowledge that today on Mother's Day, it's not always an easy day. It can be hard for women who have struggled with infertility, who've lost their children or their moms or anyone who's had an unhealthy relationship, or um, there's just a lot of different reasons why it can be sad and bittersweet. So we're going to be talking about struggling today, and um, I'm not going to lie, I'm struggling a little this morning, so pray for me. But um, the first thing we're going to talk about is what does it look like to have staying power? So we've been talking about Paul, um, you know, going through all the the concepts of staying power. What does this mean? What does it look like? Well, to me, it looks like that duck. And that's the first thing that popped into my mind when I was getting ready for this sermon. I mean, I was going to start talking about jars of clay and, you know, all, all those things, but I just was like a duck. It just like a duck is unsinkable. A duck has staying power, right? So that's, that's what I chose. First of all, We will all struggle. As long as we are alive in this world, we will struggle. Every day we might struggle. It's it's hard to be alive sometimes and to just, you know, make our way through this world. We have lots of ups and downs. And Paul describes all the ways that we struggle in this life as believers. He says we are pressured in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Hunted down and persecuted, but not deserted struck down, but never destroyed. That's what it looks like to have staying power. We all go through our own various trials. Um, We go through divorce, cancer, financial struggles, health issues, abusive relationships, scary diagnoses, traumas, betrayals, even natural disasters. And if you haven't struggled much in this life, you're gonna, so just get ready. But we, uh, we will all struggle. So that is a promise. Um, when I was in college, I remember walking to class one day. I went to CCU my first year of college, and I was struggling. I had just had, you know, a lot of insecurities, a lot of trust issues. I thought that God, you know, had wanted me to, to suffer all my life to prove myself to him. And I just, I didn't have any joy. I just was kind of dead inside. I was, I was struggling with depression. And I remember walking to class, just trying to, just numb, trying to get through the day, and I see these ducks out in the pond at CCU, and they're splashing around, and it's drizzling rain, and I'm about as miserable as any person on the planet, and these ducks are just having a great time, splashing around, and, you know, diving, and just, you know, and I thought, why can't I be like them? 
how do they manufacture this joy? I mean, I'm an intelligent human, you know, above all the creatures, and here's these little ducks. They got it better than I do. They're down there, like, having a great time. Nothing is phasing them. And so I remember saying, God, I just want you to make me a duck. That became my prayer for that semester. I, uh, I remember I, would, I, I cried all the time. You guys, I'm crying today. I'm a crier. There's just, you know, life can be hard sometimes, and I'm emotional. But uh, anyway, I was a real catch. Uh, let me let you know. Uh, when John... <laughs> Real catch. I was always crying in uh, college, and I was dating John, and one day he brought me home, and I was crying, and he said, you know what, I just, I just want to remind you that God did not die for you in order for you to be miserable your whole life. He did not send his son to sacrifice himself so that he can make sure that you, you know, so that you, you have to live up to these expectations and he's going to be mad at you if you let him down. And I found out that the God I was serving was not really God. It was my made-up God. It was my idea of God. And that is not God. I, I realized after reading the scripture, perfect love casts out all fear that if I really believe God loves me, then I can approach the throne without fear, right? And condemnation. And I just, I started looking at the scriptures through new lenses and I started thinking, God, I think the problem is I have a warped idea of who you are. But I can't manufacture joy on my own. There's no way I can do this on my own. And that's the second part. We cannot do anything on our own. We are fragile earthen vessels. We are empty without something filling us up. It says in verse 7, we have precious treasure, which is the good news about salvation, in these earthen vessels of human frailty, so that the grandeur and the surpassing greatness of the power will be shown from God and not from ourselves. It is not from ourselves. We can't manufacture joy. We can't manufacture power. It is only in our fragile condition that God's power can come in and we can do great things. So, Lord, please make me a duck. Help me to exude joy. I remember writing in my, you know, teenage angst diary, you know, like, I'll never be happy and I'm not going to ever smile. And I just want to be like people that have like this glow about them. And God started transforming me. And I, I just, you know, it doesn't change overnight. But um, God, God does answer prayers. So second, how do we have staying power? How? If we can't manufacture it, then how do we have it? Well, it says in verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote in the scripture, I believed, therefore I spoke. So we believe and we act on our belief. It says, we also believe, therefore we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us along with you in his presence. So it's really hard to understand what is God doing. I mean, we don't always know, but we don't have to know. We just have to have a spark of faith, a tiny mustard grain faith, and we have to just act out on it by saying, God, please help just please help. And, and that's all it takes. We believe and we act on our belief and God acts. And he acts on our behalf. And the same power that rose Jesus from the grave will live in us. 
The second time, or second way that we can have staying power is to spend time with God daily. In Matthew 4, 4, it says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, you think of bread, or gluten-free bread, or whatever you eat every day, and it's sustenance. It's sustenance. And I don't think I've gone one day of my entire life without eating something. And that's the way it's supposed to be with Scripture. We're supposed to live on it. We're supposed to feed on it and thrive on it, and it nourishes us. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacking, that's what, such a great analogy. We don't just live on food. We live on the word that comes from the mouth of God, and that nourishes us. Well, 2020 has been tough last year, and it continues to be tough in 2021. Um, 2020 was probably one of the hardest years of my life. Um, and I think that, uh, the pandemic just compounds everything, absolutely everything. Um, so just briefly, I had lost my job of 12 years. Um, I had a a client right at the beginning of the year lose her baby. It shook me up pretty bad. Um, and I had a couple, just a really rough week. So one week, one week into 2020, I post on Facebook 2020 has been a cruel taskmaster so far. I had no idea what was coming, and, uh, and it proved to be. Um, I, my brother committed suicide uh, in March. Uh, the day after we started quarantine, we weren't able to have a funeral for him. Um, my, John's grandma moved into town, and, and a week after she moved into town, she was put in isolation. We have not been able to see her since. That's really hard. My daughters struggled with changes in their school. School was shut down. We had no idea what was going on, right? We didn't know how bad this, this uh, virus was. There was a lot of fear, a lot of unknowns. Um, my daughter missed her, her final prom and, you know, graduation and graduation party. And just all these, you know, milestones. Um, I didn't have any work for months. I started having debilitating panic attacks. I mean, just the kind where I roll in a ball and I'm like, I can't breathe, you know. And it just, everything was just crushing, crushing me and just coming in. I felt completely out of control. I felt like nothing good was going on and that just, it was just coming at all, from all sides. It was really hard to stay home without a job, wondering where, you know, I was going to work, and then just seeing the news daily. It was so hard, and I know so many of you have gone through such a hard time this last year. I actually had thoughts of suicide last year, which I've never had before, and that scared me. It really scared me, so I was really close to going, maybe I should check myself into a mental institution. I mean, it's, it was a scary year. So what did I do? I put out a prayer to the women-to-women group because those ladies are awesome. Those ladies get on their knees. And you know, this whole church body is filled with just amazing people that will just pray on your behalf. And so I started opening up and sharing my struggles, and God started hearing the prayers. But the important thing was I hadn't been spending time with God daily, and this is where I went off the path. I was not spending time with God daily. I was looking at the news. I was looking at social media and getting all of my information from other places. So I decided I needed to just come back to the basics and sit before God every morning. And there's a lot of ways to get God's word into your heart. 
Um, I am an audiobook listener, so I like to listen to the audio Bible, uh, audio devotionals, and then I downloaded this book called 90 Days of God's Goodness by Randy Alcorn. And I was listening to it, and it just filled me up with, uh, with all kinds of scriptures of God's goodness in the middle of, of suffering and hard times. And it just reminded me that we don't live just for this world. We have hope, and we have strength, and, and God is with us. And I just all these good things were filling me up. And just like an empty vessel, right? I, we're all empty vessels. What do we fill ourselves with? I mean, that's what comes out. And so I was filling myself with God's scripture. And this was just this last February. Well, uh, I listened to all 90 days of this audio book in about two weeks because it was just so good. So I was listening to it on the way to work, and I did get another job. Um, And I was filling myself up with this. And then John, my husband, uh, ended up getting COVID. And he was very, very sick. And I had to take care of him for 12 days. He had a high fever. It was really scary. And he finally was hospitalized. Um, but, you know, I'd been listening. I'd been filling myself with God's word. That's all I knew. That was, it was permeating my thoughts, my heart, my mind. And so it sustained me during that time. Well, a day after uh, John got to the hospital, his... Um, his mom decided not to continue on her, her um, treatment with cancer because it was, it was just too hard and she was just tired of fighting. So we had to tell John, who was just completely out of it, that, you know, his mom wasn't doing so well. And then two days later, I had to, I had to call him and, and say that she passed away. And, um, and that was really, it was hard. It was sudden. It was hard for our whole family. Um, but I was so glad that I had been spending time with God and that God's word was in me because there were so many blessings that we could see. I saw God's goodness everywhere. And that's the thing. Like we, there's this analogy that John shared a few years ago, which I thought was just great. It's like, we have to come to God every day to just get that nourishment, to get, you know, his word in us. And if we, if we forget to go for a few days or a week or more, then we kind of start wandering off into the storms of life, right? Well, it's kind of like a boat being tied to a dock. And the dock is, is God and his strength. And we pull ourselves in every morning. You know, the boat kind of drifts out a little bit. We pull ourselves in. We sit before God. We get filled with him. And, and, we're, and we're in safe waters. And we have his strength. And we have the security of the dock. But say like we neglect that for a while. Say like it's been weeks or a month. Well, this rope is as long as it can get, and we might end up out in the middle of the sea, pummeled by storms. And it doesn't mean we can't bring ourselves back to God, but it kind of makes it harder. And this isn't a perfect analogy, but this just reminds me that if we bring ourselves daily before God, he fills us and he gives us what we need every day. Because his mercies are new every morning. He is so faithful And it says, because of his great love, we are not consumed. So why? Why does God want us to have staying power? Have you ever asked that? You're in the middle of these trials, and you're like, what is the point? I understand it makes me stronger, but I don't want to be stronger. I would rather just not go through these trials. Well, there is purpose in this, and we may not even grasp it in this lifetime. But first of all, it's for the benefit of others. We go through trials for the benefit of others. There are examples in the Bible of others who have endured trials, and it gives us 
hope and encouragement that we also can get through these trials. Paul says in verse 15, all these things are for your sake. So Paul was suffering all kinds of things, and he was so glad to suffer for it because he said, it's for your benefit. It's your benefit that I suffer. And we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, it says in Hebrews 12, and they're all cheering us on, Noah and Abraham and Moses and Jacob and all the martyrs of the faith. They're looking at us going, you can do this. You can do this. You got this. The second reason why God wants us to have staying power is because it brings glory to him. And ask anybody who's gone through trials, and I I don't know what it is, and and to me it's just a testimony of, of God and his power that we can go through hard times, and as Christians we pop back up like that duck and we go, all glory belongs to God. We're good. We, we are hanging in there because God is with us and we want to bring glory to God. I actually asked a few people if I could share their names um, and just kind of give examples. There are people in my life that I've seen gone through hard times. My friend Cassie, who was struggling with miscarriage, she lost three of her four children. My friend Renee, who's raising a special needs child and also helps mothers who have had children that need help. Jan Fugler, fighting cancer, more than once, and just being a light to the people in the hospital where she went to get her chemotherapy. Katie Brady, struggling with health issues and losses that I can relate to. I see how she goes through it. I've got friends struggling with marriage relationships or painful dynamics, uh, painful family dynamics, or friends who are single and between jobs or just wondering what to do or what God wants for their life. I have a friend named Lydia who's a mom a single mom raising her four daughters, doing whatever it takes to bring in finances to raise her children. And she's just full of joy, and she gives glory to God all the time. How does this happen? Each one of these people that I asked said, please share my story. If it will bring glory to God, I want you to share it. Uh, my friend Kevin Schmidt, who struggles with depression, I mean, it's just he's a Stephen minister now. There's just so many people that have gone through hard times, and they, they don't only really just survive, they thrive. And it's even beyond that. We're more than conquerors. And it brings glory to God. So what gives us staying power? Well, it all comes down to the power of Christ on the cross. And we said that the power that brought Jesus back from the grave, that power, that resurrection power, lives in us. Second, or First Corinthians one eighteen says, "The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing." Some people just don't get it. They're like, "I do not understand your religion. What? Where are you getting this this stuff from?" But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We have God's power in us. Christ endured all things. He knows our suffering. He gives us the strength to endure. He grieves with us. Do you know another God, any other God in any religion, who has come down to become one of us so he can relate to one of us, so he can empathize with us? Don't you want somebody that can empathize with you when you're going through struggle? Not somebody just saying, well, I've never, never gone through that, but you know what you should do. You want somebody that can sit with you and grieve with you and say, I know what you're going through, and this is hard. Jesus is well acquainted with grief, 
And he's our living and breathing savior who will never forsake us. Timothy Keller says, we need a living hope to get through life and endure suffering. A living hope enables us to have both sorrow and joy. Our living hope is an inheritance achieved for us by Christ. Looking, I think I might have skipped a page. Nope, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> All righty. I feel like I've said this before. Oh, yeah, last service. Okay. <laughs> All right. The second thing that gives us staying power is the assurance of Christ's sacrifice being sufficient. It is sufficient. There is nothing more that needs to be added to Christ dying on the cross. Nothing. It is all we need, and it's the only thing that we need. And until you understand how wretched you are and how bent you are on your own self-destruction, you don't understand God's grace. We can get ourselves in all kinds of messes. And God, he has covered all of that. In 1 Timothy 2, 5-6, through it says, There is one God, there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. He gave himself as a ransom for all. And only in the cross of Christ will we receive power when we are powerless. Will we find strength when we are weak? Will we experience hope when our situation is hopeless? Only in Christ is there peace for our troubled hearts. It comes from no other source. So then, when we have staying power, what is the result? Again, how does that look like? What does that look like? Well, first of all, it says, we do not become discouraged. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Our momentary light distress, this passing trouble, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory a fullness beyond measure, surpassing all comparisons, a transcendent splendor, and an endless blessedness. Now, I pulled the scripture out of the uh, amplified version of the Bible. Um, and it's hard because you look at the Greek roots, and this is what translators do. They try to figure out what is the meaning. What is, what is the pure message that's trying to come out of this? And I just, it's like Paul couldn't even express couldn't even describe just the incredible eternal glory, the endless blessedness, the weight of glory to come. It's just unfathomable. Unfathomable. (laughs) I got that from a movie somewhere. It's unfathomable. What movie is that? Okay, anyway. Um, So our outer self is wasting away. And we see everything crumbling around us, even in our aging bodies. But we do not become discouraged because we have perspective, right? These troubles are not going to last. These troubles ultimately somehow are for our benefit. It results in glory and joy forever. Would you trade, would you suffer, let's just say that there was a way to do this. Would you suffer for one whole day, excruciating pain, if you knew for the next thousand years you would be free of pain, you would have endless joy, and you would have this weight of glory? I mean, we would, I think. Now, in the middle of the suffering, we might say, I need out. I don't want to do this anymore, right? So that's, I mean, multiply that by forever. We suffer this much in this life. And it's not that we don't suffer. It's not that these are not heavy. But in comparison to the weight of glory 
the weight of eternity, these things can be then described as light and momentary. It's the only way that we can get through and we can have, cannot become discouraged is when there's something so much greater waiting for us. And another result of staying power is we have hope. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are visible are temporal, just brief and fleeting. But the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. I was reading uh, about Job yesterday, and I, there's some scriptures in there I didn't realize were actually from the book of Job. So Job is, you know, he's lost all of his children, all of his business, his livestock, everything, um, his home, his wife has just turned her back on him. He is struggling with head-to-toe painful sores, and he is just, there's no one more wretched than him. And his, his friends come to try to comfort him, and they're miserable comforters is what he said. They're just miserable comforters because they're like, well, surely you've done something wrong, and surely God's punishing you. And he says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that he will stand upon the earth at last. And I know that after this body has decayed, this body shall see God. Then he will be on my side. Yes, I shall see him not as a stranger, but as a friend. What a glorious hope. And that's Job nineteen twenty-five through 27. How does somebody in the midst of the worst suffering possible have that hope? It's only by the power of Christ. It's only by what he has done. This is what gives us staying power. And just like that duck at CCU, all those ducks, they're unsinkable. We can stand firm. And even when the enemy comes, and he does, he comes and he tries to knock us down. And you know what? Honestly, the, the more we are getting closer to Christ, we'll probably be attacked more. And you can, you can count on that. But Christ is so much greater than all of the things in this world. And he will bring us through. So because of our living hope, this hope in Christ, we can find strength, we can find blessings, and we can find joy even in the midst of storms of life. And I can so happily say now, it's been, oh, 25 plus years since I was 20, so just whatever. Um, But, you know, the first part of my life, I just thought God was mad at me. And now, fast forward 20 plus years later, I am so in awe And so humbled by how God pours out his love and his goodness and his faithfulness. And I want to serve a God out of, not out of fear, but out of gratitude. Because he takes these light and momentary troubles. And he he gives us this inheritance. And he gives us the strength. And that, my friends, is how we have staying power. I'm going to close in prayer. Father God... We serve a God that's so much greater, so much greater than all of our our problems and troubles combined, Lord. The resurrection power that brought Jesus from the grave lives in us and can transform us, transform our minds, our bodies. And we know we will be like you. We will have eternal bodies someday. And, And as we are just wearing down and our bodies are giving up and our minds are troubled and there are things in this life that just want to sink us, Lord, We know, God, that you will just bring us back up. We are knocked down, 
we were not abandoned, we get right back up. Lord, help us to just be so grateful, to understand the cross and to understand the sacrifice so that we can glorify you, God, and be just so in awe of your glory, of your love, your great, great love for us. We can crawl right up into your lap just like a child with his mom. We just thank you for this. Go out with us today and let us be lights in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.